It is Sunday, October 24th, 2010. This is U62 The Targ. Let's get to it. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62 The Tar. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, I tell you where I've been for the last couple of weeks. I tell you about the double down and the Oilers are getting cheerleaders. It's episode 4.05, The Turkey Hangover. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 The Targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here and welcome to this week's episode of The Targ. I am back. Yes, I was away for two weeks there. You know, and once again, I got to apologize for you. I really did fully intend to produce at least one episode to uh, fill the gap while I was gone on vacation. But you know what? With this new format that I've cooked up for the podcast, it is a lot more difficult to just phone one in and pull one out of my ass. So I wound up not doing anything and just uh, packing up to go home instead. Yeah, that's right. I went home for Thanksgiving, and I got to tell you something. I did something during my vacation that I am still getting over. As you know, a couple episodes ago, I was telling you that my poor old Dodge Neon was on her last legs, and it was time for me to get a new car. Well, during the vacation, I bought my new car. I bought myself a 2007 Chevy Cobalt. Now, I got to tell you, when it comes to a purchase this large, I have never bought anything this big before. So the buyer's remorse kind of knocked me on my ass. I still feel like just crawling off into the corner and crying for quite some time. You know, it's just weird. In order to keep the car loan small and manageable, I made quite a hefty down payment. And it's shocking to see half of your life savings go away with a single pen stroke. But there it is. I have a new car now and I am ready for the winter Bring it on, because now I have all the little things that my old car was starting to lack. You know, I have a heater, I have air conditioning, I have a dome light, and I also have a really sweet stereo. It is just so awesome. My stereo also has satellite radio built in, but I'm not so sure I want satellite radio. You know, in my day job, I work in old-fashioned terrestrial radio, and that's like the enemy of satellite radio, so I don't want to fall to the dark side. Besides, it's got the little aux port so I can plug in my MP3 player so I can listen to podcasts like this one. Sadly, my vacation wasn't all fun and games and new car purchases. I also got a mild skin infection. Yeah, that's very painful and uncomfortable. I have like this festering boil on my face. You know, I made a doctor's appointment to go to the doctor and see it, but my mother started freaking out and was like, oh no, you got to get to an emergency room right away. So I went to the emergency room and I got some antibiotic cream to put on my face there and get rid of my festering boiling thing. You know, I really hated having that thing on my face when I was up there at the emergency room. It is very tough to be flirty with an attractive nurse when you're all like, yeah, I'm here to get this 
festering boil on my face looked at. Oh yeah, I know I have one on my lip too, but um, it's not herpes, I swear. I swear it's not herpes. Worst pickup line ever. I swear it's not herpes. And that's what happened to me while I was away on vacation. But it's good to be back, and let's get back to the features with Too Hot for Radio. Too Hot for Radio. And now it's time for Too Hot for Radio, the stuff that I think is just too darn sexy to go out on the airwaves. Let's take a look here. First up in the file, we have something that comes to us from the high-end adult online store, Kiki de Montepersne. I should have paid closer attention in French and junior high. This online boutique is getting ready to sell a super fancy chess set where each and every chess piece is a vibrator. Let me just take a quick look online here. How many pieces are on a chess set? There are 32 pieces in a chess set. That means you got 32 different vibrators in this chess collection. Why the hell does a woman need that many vibrators? That's what I want to know. You got 32. That's like one for every day of the month. And, you know, a couple left over for if you have company. Oh, my God. I just don't want to go there. Or do I? This entire chess set can be yours for just $7,000. For seven grand, I hope the king makes you breakfast and the knights do the dishes. And as for the queen, well, the queen would be the sexually frustrated middle-aged woman who purchased this for herself. I mean, that's the thing, right? If you're playing chess with a friend, how would you break this out and play chess with this? How would you explain that to your friend? This is going to be something very interesting, I'm sure. If you actually do buy one for $7,000, let me know. Don't invite me over to play it, though, unless you wash all the pieces first. Speaking of stuff you buy online, uh, this past week, the domain name sex.com sold for $12 million. Of course, sex.com made headlines a few years ago when it sold for $13 million, which was a world record for the amount paid for a domain name. And apparently, you know, sex.com isn't even a porn site. It's just nothing but a bunch of click-through ads, you know, like when you spell the name of your favorite website wrong and one of those websites come up with nothing but text ads. That's all sex.com is. I tell you, if I bought sex.com, I would destroy all the conventions. I would use it to launch an online magazine about gender issues. There would be a lot of confused, sexually frustrated young men coming in, I tell you what. And that's it. That's it for Too Hot for Radio this week. You're listening to Mark Kappas. Go do disgusting things to that boy. On U62. The Targ.
Gaga featuring Beyonce with Telephone here on U62 The Targ. Good afternoon, Mark Cap is back here with you, and I am all excited because one of the most anticipated fast food flavors has finally come to Canada. That's right, Kentucky Fried Chicken has brought the Double Down to Canada. The Double Down was introduced at KFCs in the USA uh, back in the springtime. They announced it on April 1st, and it was originally just supposed to be an April Fool's Lark, only at their restaurants for April. You got two chicken breasts with the Colonel's 11 herbs and spices, and squished in between those two chicken breasts, you got bacon, cheese, and special sauce. That's it. Chicken, bacon, and cheese. No bun to slow you down. And of course, this thing made headlines all over the world. So when they announced they were bringing it to Canada, I knew I had to get down to KFC and try one. They went on sale in Canada on Monday, October 18th. And on that day, I decided to drive down the road to the nearest KFC and try one. I made a big deal about it, too. You can see the entire story and the pictures at my blog, chaosinabox.blogspot.com. I showed up. I walked into the lobby. I took a picture of the huge floor display, the Double Down, now in Canada. Can you take one down? And, of course, taking a picture of the floor display kind of tips off the clerk as to what you're there to buy. So, I placed my order. I got myself a Double Down. I went. I sat in the corner of the KFC. And I took a look at it. You know, there it is. You got your chicken. You got your bacon. You got your cheese. And I was like, oh boy, this looks interesting. So then after giving it some time to cool, of course, because it was a little hot on my fingertips, I lifted it up and I took a great big bite. And all I tasted was salt. I tell you, 
I'm not a guy who likes salty foods, but the Double Down has got to be the saltiest thing I have ever eaten. There's just so much salt on it. No matter one of the health concerns is that uh, you get your full day's dosage of sodium from this thing. It is just so darn salty. It is nothing but salt held together by processed chicken. But I knew I had to try this thing. I had to finish it because I bought it. So I picked it up again, gently squeezed it. I could feel the grease just oozing out of it because there was no bun to soak up the grease. And I just finished my double down. And I tell you, if you try one yourself, be sure to order the large Pepsi because it is just so darn salty. I tell you, I have had one now. I am not going to have one again because I swear it is the most disgusting fast food thing I have ever done. But still, I have tried it. And, you know, it's like one of those things you have to do it once in life just for the experience, right? Like skydiving or visiting a nude beach, which, you know, I'll probably be doing sometime in the next 50 years. And uh, that's it. Time for What's Wrong With Society. What's wrong with society? I'm literally angry with rage. All right, time for What's Wrong With Society this week, and, um, uh, I really don't know what's wrong with society this week. See, gang, this is what happens when you don't do any show prep and you just decide to turn on the microphone and wing it. What is wrong with society this week? I'll tell you what's wrong with society this week. Not doing any show prep. I mean, come on. I'd be able to pull a wonderful show out of my ass and put something together that's absolutely wonderful and fantastic and amazing for you. But no, I seem to have forgot to. I was too busy having my vacation and just hanging around, lounging around the house to sit down and put together a good show for you. So what can I do to make things right for you? How can I fix what is wrong with society this week? Easy. I'm just going to write off this show and start putting together something fantastic for next week. I mean, that's all I really got to do, right? All I got to do is carry around the notepad and the paper, and whenever I come across something that's incredibly, totally awesome, or something that just annoys the piss out of me, all I have to do is jot down a few notes, so that way when I come in here to roll tape, I am prepared. So there you go. That's what I'm going to fit do to fix what's wrong with society this week. I am going to start preparing for a much better show next week. At least I hope it'll be a much better show next week. For all I know, I could just start lazing around the house again. And that's what's wrong with society this week. What's wrong with society? Brought to you by Cranky Pants brand underwear. Cranky Pants, now 30% tighter in uncomfortable places. Hey, have you guys heard? U62 The Tar with Mark Cassis. Seriously, everybody, you gotta check us out. Available online at chaosinabox.com. Who are you? I'm just some guy who's telling everybody about it because it's so amazing. U62 The Tar. Be sure to tell everyone you know. See ya. Could you be a teenage idol? Could you be a movie star? When I turn on my TV, will you smile and wave at me? Tell an Oprah who you are. So you want to be a rock star? With blue eyed bunnies in your bed. Don't go higher for this Put it in your head, baby, 
want to take you dancing When you're dancing with the world You can flash a caviar Michael Buble with Hollywood here on U62 The Targ. Afternoon all. Mark Cap is here with you. And I gotta do, I just really gotta do Fishing in the Discount Bin because I have wanted to do this movie ever since I started it. So let's get to it. Fishing in the Discount Bin. All right, let's get going with this week's edition of Fishing in the Discount Bin. I tell ya, as soon as I decided that I was going to be doing this feature for my podcast, I knew I wanted to do this film. So let's do it now and get this out of my system. Ladies and gentlemen, Supergirl. Yes, I know several of my friends were amazed when I revealed that Kara Zor-El 
actually got her own film. I first started telling friends about it many years ago in college as they were doing this uh, cheesy superhero film night. I said, dude, you've got to include the Supergirl movie. And they were all like, they made a Supergirl movie? That's awesome! Now you might be wondering how such a thing came into existence. Here's the story. The classic Christopher Reeve Superman films were actually not made by Warner Brothers. They were made by this Italian family of movie producers known as the Salkinds. After the three successful Superman movies, they were wondering what more they could do with Superman. They'd been toying with throwing Supergirl into the mix for quite a while, so they figured, hey, let's give Supergirl her own movie. They know that Superman's main weakness is kryptonite and magic, but they've never really been able to explore the magic aspect in the movie. So Supergirl versus a sorceress. Sounds awesome, doesn't it? So our film opens in Argo City, a colony of Kryptonians existing in a vaguely defined otherworldly realm known as Inner Space. One of the residents, young Kara Zor-El, the cousin of Kal-El, is your typical teenage girl. Her mentor in this place is the free-spirited artist known as Zoltor. This one particular day, Zoltor stole the super-powered MacGuffin known as the Omega Hedron, the very thing that powers Argo City. He was using it to supercharge his art supplies. He and Kara start messing around with it, and before you know it, it sucked out into inner space and lost forever. Without it, Argo City will wither and die. Feeling responsible, Kara sneaks into a rocket and goes chasing after it. The Omega Hedron lands on Earth, and quite literally into the lap of our villainess, a bumbling sorceress known as Selena. But now, with the Omega Hedron, her spells actually start working. And with unlimited power, she throws a party to humiliate her rivals. Meanwhile, Kara arrives on Earth, discovers she has superpowers, and becomes Supergirl. However, she knows that on this planet, she'll need a place to stay. So, after she beats up some redneck truckers who try to rape her, she adopts the secret identity of Linda Lee and enrolls herself in a private, all-girls boarding school. Further cementing that this is in the Superman mythology, her roommate is Lucy Lane, Lois Lane's kid sister, and Lucy is currently dating Jimmy Olsen. Now that she's all set up, Kara spends her days as mild-mannered high school student Linda Lee and her nights as Supergirl as she searches the planet for the Omega Hedron. We catch up with Selena, who decides to unleash her mighty unlimited power to date-rape the hunky gardener. But her love potion Rufy goes awry, and the hunky gardener falls madly in love with Linda Lee. And thus the whole midsection of the film falls into this pattern. Selena unleashes some evil force to destroy Linda Lee, only to have Linda quickly turn into Supergirl and destroy it. Selena even unleashes that wonderful cliché of the low-budget fantasy film, The Invisible Monster. Finally, she gets herself some help from Master Sorcerer, and Selina decides to quit dicking around. She erects a mountain in the middle of the city, builds a fortress on top of that mountain, brainwashes the hunky gardener into being her love slave, and banishes Supergirl to the Phantom Zone. While wandering the Phantom Zone, Supergirl eventually runs into her old mentor Zoltor, who is sent to the Phantom Zone as punishment for screwing around with the Omega Hedron. Supergirl is stunned as, while in this desolate prison, her old mentor has become a drunken shell of his former self, wallowing in self-pity. But, after an inspirational speech from Supergirl, Zoltar snaps out of it and helps Supergirl escape the Phantom Zone. But Zoltar must pay the ultimate price in order to make it happen. Free from the Phantom Zone, Supergirl kicks Selena's ass, makes out a little bit with the hunky gardener, recovers the Omega Hedron, and returns home to Argo City just in time to save it. The end. As you can tell by my enthusiasm, 
I absolutely love this movie. It is one of my guilty pleasures. It is fantastically cheesy. It is a classic 1980s fantasy film, right up there with the live-action He-Man and the never-ending story. And you know, I really gotta give it up for Helen Slater, who plays Supergirl. I think she's just amazing playing Kara as this naive innocent who's just new to Earth and trying to figure out how the world works, dealing with all that teenage angst stuff while worrying about her family back home in Argo City. Her naivety does bring about some great gags though. Apparently the women of Argo City go brawless, and there's a great gag where she's trying to figure out how to put one on. Some of the special effects though haven't aged well, I mean come on, invisible monsters? And thanks to DVD I can even see the wires on the flying rigs, oh well. And one of the wonderfully cheesy things, I like how Supergirl's outfit seems to be made of this special Kryptonian modesty fabric. No matter how many times she flies upside down, her skirt never blows up to reveal her underwear. Special stuff that Kryptonian modesty fabric. Well, what more can I say? I said the purpose of this feature was to answer the immortal question, why did I buy this DVD? Well, truth be told, I didn't buy this DVD. It was given to me as a birthday present by one of my coworkers, probably because, having no girlfriend, I have a pinup of Supergirl in my office, right where you might put a picture of your wife or husband or other significant other. But yeah, as I said, Supergirl, a fantastically wonderful cheesy 1980s fantasy film right up there with the live-action He-Man movie. You know what? I think I'll do the live-action He-Man movie next. And that's Fishing in the Discount Bin. Fishing in the Discount Bin, brought to you by RentMoviesOnline.com. Is going down to the video store too much social interaction for you? RentMoviesOnline.com. Actually, you know what? Next week, I will not be doing Masters of the Universe next, because next week is going to be my Halloween show, so I'll probably be doing some kind of Halloween movie instead to tie in with the whole Halloween movie theme. But don't be worried, because in two weeks then, I'm going to do the live-action He-Man movie, okay? Okay. Well, I see that we're almost out of time on this week's episode of the Targ, but before I go, there's just one last thing I want to talk about. You know, I'm not much of a hockey guy, but right now, all of oil country is a Twitter with the news. The Edmonton Oilers just announced that they are going to become the first Canadian NHL team with a cheerleading squad. That's right, cheerleaders in hockey. I never heard of such a thing, but apparently this has become quite popular with all the NHL teams in the USA. 23 teams in the NHL now have cheerleading teams, and all those teams are American-based. The most popular one, the one that I'm seeing all over the internet in connection with this Oilers story, is the Carolina Hurricanes. Apparently they call their cheerleaders the Storm Squad, and they have become quite popular in Raleigh, North Carolina. You know what? I think the very first one was the Mighty Ducks when they came to the NHL. Because I remember reading something about how they had a cheerleading team called the Duckettes. I wonder if they still have the Duckettes. Anyway, as you can imagine, with the announcement that the Oilers are getting a cheerleading team, uh, people are divided on this. People are like, oh, no, boo, cheerleading doesn't belong in hockey. Where are the cheerleaders going to perform? And there's the more male chauvinistic types who are like, oh, yeah, cheerleaders awesome. Me, I really got uh, kind of no opinion on the subject because, hey, cheerleaders is cheerleaders and it's just... You know, I really don't care, you know? It's not going to entice me to go to a hockey game anytime soon or anything like that. 
But no, I'm just uh, reading some of the qualifications for these Edmonton Oilers cheerleaders. They do hope to debut the squad a little later this season, and they're actually having open auditions for it. Uh, let's see. Uh, basically, the only qualifications are you have to be over 18 and a high school graduate. Yes, apparently being a cheerleader, they demand a high school education. Very demanding, those cheerleading coaches. And uh, they say there's no specific height or weight requirements, but they do want you to be in good health, which, as we all know, is longtime code for no fat chicks. But there you go. Sometime this season, the Edmonton Oilers are getting their cheerleaders. Uh, apparently, their duties will include dancing, cheering on the crowds, and, of course, posing for a calendar. It's right there in the job description. But, you know, I still think it's blasphemous that they're getting cheerleaders and they don't even have a mascot yet. That is just insanity. But anyways, we're at the end of this week's show. Don't forget, uh, while you're waiting for next week's episode, you can still explore all other facets of my online empire. The blog is chaosinabox.blogspot.com. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash chaosinabox. And don't forget the main hub of it all, chaosinabox.com. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of the Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. Okay, now maybe we can talk about bringing back Buffy the Vampire Slayer.